Shorty, what you think? Welcome back, y'all. Street Academy Podcast, where we keep one foot in the academy and one foot in the street. <laughs> we back and we back and we back. We got the choir. Because oh, wow. Amber got a, something in the back. She got her stuff and more in the background. Oh, I want mine. <laughs> Jackie, like, wait a minute. It's the only thing I got in the background. My bonnet. That's the blackest thing. Is, like, I got my this bonnet. Is all, this is you all I have for it. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I Because I saw Amber's minion. I was like, oh, my daughter slept in my room last night. So she looked at her unicorn. Oh, the unicorn I had. Oh gosh. What's up, y'all? Everybody good? Yeah, we're good. We're doing great. And we are back for part two of the capitalism debate. We know we've left you waiting and you want to know where does this land? And so it's going to land with just one question. So, recap real quick. We already talked about should Black people own as much as they can? Should Black people seek power? Do Black people need money? We've talked about all of those. John and Jackie have given you great thoughts about those. So please go check out the previous episode about those to see who won each round. But right now, this episode starts with them being even. They have both an even amount of points. So this is the tiebreaker. And you have to do this, answer this question in the context of Black capitalism, okay? Not from necessarily your own perspective, or it could be your own perspective because that's the whole point of it because that that's what make it authentic. Anyway, it is to say, this is the last question that we want to hear you talk about with Black capitalism. And here we go. Black people should focus on building a legacy. And Black people will die trying to get rich. Black people should focus on building a legacy and black people you said will die trying to get rich black people will die trying to get rich it is the question of legacy because it's like get rich or die trying so if we think about black people trying to build a legacy black people will die trying to get rich Mm. in the pursuit of building said legacy Mm. what are your thoughts Oh, I mean, Dr. Hater. Black people will Ooh. die trying to get rich because they are trying to build a legacy. That's the better way of saying it. Black people will die trying to get rich because they will, are trying to build a legacy. Should Black people try to build a legacy? Uh, okay. Who got to go first? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's who got to go first, Amber? Let's do that. I can't remember who went first in the last round. Let's see. Let's do it solely based on guessing. What I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Seven. What do you say? Eight. Oh, um, <laughs> five. Jackie, you got it right, so you get to choose who goes first. Um, John, you want to go first or second? <laughs> You know I want to go second. I was going to say the same thing ever, but I'm like, if she's giving me the option. You said you want to go second, so you go first. 
Um, all right, so say it one more time. Black people will die trying to get rich because mm. they're trying to build a legacy. Mm. Should black people try to build a legacy? Okay, so I'm gonna just be authentic. I'm gonna just be authentic. There, there's a couple of things. I think a lot of it is based on interpretation. So I want to I want to talk about my interpretation of that before I then go into my explanation. So a couple okay. of things I want to say. First, I don't think that building a legacy solely has to do with getting rich. And I do believe that you can build a legacy without the pursuit of riches, right? Um, I do believe that in many, in many legacies, economic freedom or economic stability is a part of it but mm-hmm. there are many people who did not have that and still build a legacy i.e dr king i.e malcolm x mm. i.e harriet tubman i mean so many people right um when i think about a legacy i think about being remembered i think about something that you've done and I guess I guess what we should do is maybe look up the term legacy to talk about how we want to um, how how uh, what uh, how we want to talk legacy. about this so uh, legacy of money or property left to someone in a will okay um, an applicant to a particular college or university who is regarded preferentially because a parent or other relative attended the same institution hmm um so denoting or relating to software okay we're not talking about that part yeah um so and this it says what is the legacy of a person legacy is something that is passed on but legacy can take many forms a legacy may be of one's faith ethics and core values a legacy may be monetary or your assets a legacy may come from one's character reputation and the life you lead, setting an example for others and to guide their futures. So I think in a capitalist society, legacy immediately goes to whatever you bequeathed, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you've given to your, to your, um, you know, to your progeny. But uh, I think if we think larger, right, outside of a capitalist society, legacy is more than that. Right. We're not thinking larger. We're talking about black capitalism. So if we're so if well then if we want my perspective within a capitalist society, then I would agree. I would think that it is it can be helpful to pass on an economic legacy. I think that that is something that we all should strive for. I believe that that is something that we all should have access to, equal access to. Um, all races of people, all genders, all identities, um, because that helps our next generation be able to succeed and prosper and thrive in and outside of a capitalist society. I don't think that that is something that is unique to capitalism. I think even if you look at pre-capitalist society mercantilism you know socialist ideas all of these different things that many that in many ways preceded capitalism um 
I mean, even the Bible talks about how good it is for us to be able to leave um, wealth for our children, right? Like that's mm -hmm. biblical. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think it is the way in which we pursue it and the discrepancies and the disproportionate ways in which some people can are allowed to and have ease in doing that as opposed to other people. I think that's the problem, but I don't see an issue with wanting to leave a legacy. Um, and then there's a part of what you said that black people, um, what was it? Will black die. people and being rich. Black people will die trying to get rich. True. Black or people false. will die trying to get rich. Um, I don't believe that. Number one, I don't believe that that's a phrase that should be applied to black people as a whole. Cause now again, we, we talked about a little bit earlier, how do we define black? Is it just African-American? Is it African? Uh, you talking about super rich people? Like is Jay-Z and Beyonce die, die trying to get rich? Who knows? 50 Cent already said he is. So that, that takes care of him, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So to, to lump that into all black people, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that with pretty much any phrase that has to do with the black community. Are there some people who want to die trying to get rich or getting rich? Yes, there are, but I don't think that's something that can be applied to our full community slash full nation. Um, mm -hmm. But I uh, I do believe that that is something that some people want. I don't think that that's, I, I, I would not suggest that for people, uh, black people. I remember reading a quote by Warren Buffett and he talks about how pursuing money and pursuing wealth is the worst way to live your life um mm. and the the uh, a lot of times the best way to live your life and the way in which you oftentimes will find yourself being economically um stable or even having more money than you thought you would is by pursuing whatever it is that you love and that you're passionate about with all your heart and so doing something that you love living a life of value is doing something that you love um and so, and that is probably from one of the kings of capitalism, if you will, or at least the person that has benefited from capitalism um, the most, at least in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I would not suggest, um, you know, pursuing things just for the sake of money. I've heard way too many people say that, that that's not that won't lead to the results that most people are looking for. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with legacy or wanting to have that within balance of maintaining a good life, doing it for the right reasons, making sure that whatever it is that you are pursuing is within your passion that is morally right. And most importantly for black people, that is going to uplift our community in a positive way. Okay, so you've come to black people should focus on building a legacy. True. Uh, black people will die trying to get rich. False. Where do you stand, Jackie? <laughs> oh, man. So I had so much time to think and I'm still like, oh, I could use another 20 minutes. <laughs> um, so I think a couple of y'all know that I'm fresh off my um, my uh, Bell Hook Symposium that I went to yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just, you know, still still ruminating still ruminating on a couple of like things that I heard particularly toward the end with um the very brilliant Joy James and a couple of the things that she said as it relates to capitalism and I think what I was left with was um the need to 
divest from capitalism at every at every turn, like at every opportunity we get from divesting from a capitalist mindset, um, meaning like our embrace of like the capitalist philosophies and mm -hmm. um, sort of like aligning with them, we should certainly like take those opportunities to divest. Um, so this might be a little bit of a roundabout answer, but there are two quotes that I like wrote down. Um, and the first one was, we're implicated in the terror we seek to escape. And so she was talking specifically mm. about um, like the capitalist empire. Um, and so, you know, just like in thinking about like how we align with capitalism, when when we think about the sheer terror that capitalism has visited upon us as black bodies like starting with us being being capital being fungible being property like the capitalist um philosophies like the the underpinnings uh like the foundational principles of capitalism have not divested from that like we as black people are still seen as the pegs or the cogs in the capitalist machine and like it keeps it going and it keeps it keeps um destroying black communities black bodies um and so at the same time like we, we're doing what we need to do to survive um we're implicated in the terror we seek to escape mm -hmm. and so i think that John, you're right. Like in terms of legacy can be all those non-material things. And what does it mean for us to like focus? And that's like an Afrocentric value, right? Like what does it mean for us to focus on character, um, leaving a people like strong and whole as opposed to like hoarding wealth and hoarding resources? Um, what, it, what does it mean to like shift for us to think about that as legacy as opposed to just like a collection of material goods. Mm -hmm. um, and the second quote, um, she said, the violence waged against us will not recede by our capacity to love. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to paraphrase that a little, the violence waged against us will not recede by our capacity to leave material resources to our kids. And I think about, you know, um, Serena Williams, as wealthy as she is, having to, you know, advocate for herself in childbirth, Beyonce, as wealthy as she is, having to, you know, almost dying in, in her, like, in her childbirth and, like, facing all sorts of, like, maternal health risks. Oprah, as wealthy as she is, being stopped in a store and being, you know, mm -hmm. told you know sort of suggested that she can't afford to to shop there so even if folks have like uncountable wealth or uncountable resources well I guess we can count them but you know like if they have amassed like a tremendous amount of material goods the violence the symbolic violence the physical violence that's waged against us will not recede by that um, and so if we know that to be true, what then does it mean, like how little does it mean if we focus on amassing material goods that ultimately um, implicate us in, in, in being complicit with the system, but also 
um, are foundational to the violence that we face every day. Wow. So you're saying, so your answer to Black people should build a legacy is what? Legacy in the context uh, of capitalism. Yeah, I would it's say true. that, no, that shouldn't be our focus, no. So false. Mm -hmm. And then Black people will die trying to get rich. True or false? Yeah, I think that any sort of economic pursuit, any sort of complicit, being complicit with like the economic system ultimately leads to our demise. So true. So you all have opposite answers for this particular question. Aha! <laughs> it. Do, do either of you have a direct response to the other? I was just going to say, I'm glad you asked those questions so directly at the end, Amber, because yeah. when I was listening, I was like, it sounds like we agree, but mm. maybe I missed it because we clearly don't. <laughs> Black people build a legacy in the context of capitalism. John, you say, yes, it's helpful to have it. passing down economic wealth is important. Jackie says, um, actually, if that's the thing, we have to recognize that that's not the thing that's going to save us. So that is not as important. Can and, I and, add? Oh, no. You want to go, John? Yeah, I, I was just going to say now, I also want to keep in mind that the part that I agree with Jackie on is that while I think that that is important to leave a legacy, um, and again, there are so many philosophies outside of capitalism that predate capitalism that suggest that that is an important thing, that 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 that, that is a, a key part of our that that should be a key part of our purpose um as you know as human beings um or one one thing that is important for us to do is to try to ensure that we leave an economic legacy as well as other types of legacies for our for our for anybody coming after us um at the same time i do agree with her that it should not be at the expense of the death of our people it should not be at the expense of the immorality of our people it should not be at the expense of the regression of our people and so i don't but i, I think that there's a way that that it can be done in ways where there is a balance so i want to make sure that that is clear in what i'm saying not not either or mm -hmm. but that there are ways in which we can be able to do it's a both and and if there has to be a choice then the choice has to be the progression the you know the struggle the um you know the elevation of our people if there has to be a choice over trying to just get money or just get rich for yourself or your kids Mm -hmm. I think what I have to say also like brings us a little bit closer just in terms of um, I was talking to um, a colleague yesterday and she was telling me that you know she was living in one particular neighborhood of Philly and then ended up moving to a different neighborhood because of the schools and you know we just kind of started talking about how wild our decisions about our children and specifically like our children um, shape our lives you know, so much so that someone will uproot their whole life and where they are um, and plop down in a whole different place as a risk that it will be better for their child in the end. And so I think that 
you know, like that. We have hundreds of years of evidence that are come com like being complicit with capitalism, like you know, engaging with capitalism will ultimately not benefit us. We have like hundreds of years to suggest that. But I think in each generation, we still take those risks, like those capitalists, like, you know, complying with capitalist systems as a risk that maybe it'll work out for our kid. Mm. Um, and I think that that's fair, like the love that people have for their kids is like truly deep and ununderstandable. And so it makes sense that, you know, like regardless of what we have to suggest otherwise, like there's so many black parents that will take their kid and put their kid in an all white environment, like knowing white supremacy, knowing, you know, there are the risks that the child will be called the N word, knowing that they will be mistreated, like knowing all these things, but the risk of having them in like this, you know, academic, particular academic environment so that they could go to college so that they can succeed sort of outweighs that. You ask anyone, will I drop my child off in a dangerous environment and leave them there for 18 years? The answer is no. But when it comes to like this risk of, like if I put them in this school, like that's a risk that I'm willing to take as opposed to like dropping them off like some other <laughs> dangerous context. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just think that um, our investment in, in capitalism is certainly like shaped by our desire to have the best for our kids and maybe those things like come with our being willing to risk it, um, that it might work out. Can, can I respond to that, Amber? Or are we, okay. So what, what I would like to know from Jackie, um, mm -hmm. is that if leaving a legacy um, for our, for you know children, our future in general um, is important. So you are saying that that is important. I just want to make sure I'm not. Um, not not an economic one. Not no. not an economic one. Okay. So 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 what you're suggesting is that that is not important. To, what I'm to, to leave what, an economic legacy. What I'm suggesting is that within the framework of capitalism. Mm -hmm. that economic legacy is not as helpful as we think. Mm -hmm. And so the prioritization of creating one is something that we need to like not be invested in. So I guess mm -hmm. like, yes, to the answer. Uh, yes, to answer your question, but also like, that's the context. It's not just a flat out, like, no, come up with your own <laughs> okay. rationale. Gotcha. Got you, got you. Okay, so, um, so then, if it, so, as long as capitalism exists, then black folks should not. As long as capitalism exists, black folks should not necessarily want to leave a leg an economic legacy for their kids. The only time in which Black folks should leave an economic legacy for their kids is completely outside of any type of capitalist endeavors. 
that would be ideal. But like as, you know, like an Afrocentric value, that wouldn't necessarily happen because we know traditionally like it's communal. It's not like I have mine, you have yours. And if you have more than me, then, you know, congratulations to you. It's no like you have this, I have this, we have this collectively. There's no Mm. child that is left without just because their parent was poor. Like Mm -hmm. we're taking care of each other is Mm. like this, this Afrocentric value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay um and 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 so with with this idea because like you said that's ideal mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily practical right now mm-hmm. and maybe not for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. um and so with that not being practical right now we should just black folks should just don't 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 worry about that right now don't worry about leaving no legacy. Don't worry about trying to save money for your kids. Don't worry about doing none of that because any of those things, if you talk about saving money for your kids, putting your soon, soon as you put your money in a bank, that's that's capitalism. Whether you want it to be or not, it's but when I, when it, as soon when as it, you invest, that's capitalism. When it's so, said like that, then I come off like a fool, right? Like that's not what I'm trying to imply. What mm-hmm. ideally in the context that we're in, I would love for black folks to ask themselves a series of questions. And the questions can start with what is the purpose? What is what is what ultimately will this economic uh like cushion? protect my child from will it protect my child from faces facing racism when I'm not here you know I would say that the answer is no but parents can ask themselves that will it prevent them from facing anti-blackness probably not will it prevent them from um you know facing um misogynoir will it like what will this protect them from well the answer might be it protects them from um living like living on the street like will it like we we know that when it comes to black communities white people historically have been very good about taking black communities taking like taking the literal homes in different ways from black people like what exactly is this wealth protecting them from Mm -hmm. and then the second question is is there a better or different way that can ensure what I'm I'm hoping will happen like mm-hmm. insulating them from the things that they will face as a result of structural racism structural anti-blackness and that's assuming that that's like what parents are hoping some parents are like I just want my child to you know stunt ball out okay well that's like that's your value like just be honest about that like I want my child to walk around you know with with the with the fur coat on at two years old and the Jordans okay well then maybe that's your value you know mm-hmm. we could be honest about that like and if that's if that's what if that's what you want then like do that pursue that right. if your value is like I want my child to be insulated from some like larger larger thing then like work toward that instead and it, and it's, it's interesting you talk about that because um if 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 one would want their child to be insulated from you know the racism in education or you know um not having to deal with you know police or that sort of thing then my argument is that there is there has to be an economic backing for that right and we both have worked in predominantly black schools maybe predominantly black 
uh, private schools mm -hmm. where there is a much safer, right? They're not perfect, mm -hmm. but they're much safer in terms of keeping our kids away from the anti-racism, um, um, allowing one thing that that I know you 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 have taught me when it comes to predominantly black schools is it provides a certain cultural consciousness mm -hmm. and cultural um um self you know or collective dependency on our people and mm -hmm. gives us a certain level of self-esteem individually when we're in these predominantly black educational mm -hmm. spaces we also know that currently those spaces cost money those mm -hmm. schools are not cheap mm -hmm. <laughs> and so a mm -hmm. lot of the students that benefit from these spaces are typically black middle-class students mm -hmm. whose parents have benefited to some degree mm -hmm. or or to some degree have participated in capitalist endeavors now mm -hmm. it does not mean that their whole ideals are caught up in capitalist ideas to the extent that white people's are mm -hmm. but to some degree they have been able to benefit and participate in it for the sake of now that i have gained what i can let me be able to give my child something different so that within their life maybe they don't have to depend on it or participate in it as much and then, but they have the knowledge of the socialist ideas, our Pan-African ideas that move us further and further away from capitalism mm -hmm. while still having that economic backing so that they can, so, so that we can eventually maybe in the future move towards an idea where now we can create these spaces and we don't need their money. We don't need to, we don't need to participate in capitalism because now we have our own economic society our own economic system to where we can now do that but well, in order for that to be done there has to be some kind of initial right we we at, at least we understand and, and then even and I'm, I'm sorry i just want to finish this one part mm -hmm. and then even to going back to um um you know uh being able to to um stay away from the anti-racism hold on baby the anti-racism within the police some people talk about and we've talked about in the past um uh black people being able to patrol their own communities or secure mm -hmm. their own neighborhoods mm -hmm. and that's true but that will also take money right that takes mm -hmm. resources that takes being able to pay that security to pay the detail to be able to do the things necessary for mm -hmm. that to be done so there is a kind of an economic importance for black liberation that we need so then then that's my question right like does that mean that the way that an economic legacy needs to be structured needs to come directly through that child so you know sticking with the schools like for you know for a moment let's say god forbid that you pass away like today Right. And one of your concerns is that leaving your daughter in a place where she can for the next 18 years or, you know, however many be educated in a school that will affirm her or affirm her identity is the best way to do that, to leave a million dollars in her bank account, or is it to think about supporting a structure so that that can be in place for her in terms of like her living in a community where she doesn't have to face police violence like let's say at 18 or beyond or let's say like 16 she is going to have her first car is it better to leave her a million dollars in in her bank account or is it better to like think about investing in the structures the black patrol systems or whatever it might be that are the alternatives to policing the mental health. Like, is it better to 
think about investing in those things rather than just leaving a million dollars in her bank account. Because then it comes down to, if I'm gonna leave a million dollars for my child, then that sets up my child to be like the arbiter of what's good and what's not. Like, let's say that my child is like this philanthropist. That, I mean, to me, I'm like, I don't need anyone to arbitrate or arbit whatever mm -hmm. the word is like my personal endeavors, right? Like I don't need to go to Oprah for her to decide, well, if you need a house, you only need 50,000 versus 100,000 versus 200. Like, I don't need her to do that. Like I'm capable and like, you know, I'm, I'm agentive enough to make those decisions on my own, but to set up somebody to like be making these sorts of decisions, I think that that's problematic in and of itself. Um, so, so that's what I would say, like, be asking like why are we leaving this economic legacy and are there alternatives that will better serve us in the long run and 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 i i agree with you i think this idea of whether I, we should leave it to our individual children or whether we should participate or leave it to a structure that can help benefit our children i think that's an important question my thing is in either way it goes there's going to be some evidence of capitalism that's going to exist in both, at least mm -hmm. from where we stand today. So you said, John, if you were to pass away today, how mm -hmm. would how would you want that to be done? Whether mm -hmm. I leave it to an institution, whether I leave it to Emotive Academy or whether mm -hmm. I leave it to her specifically, mm -hmm. either way it goes, if I leave it to her specifically into her account, there, again, there's there, there are certain evidence of capitalism that's going to allow for her to be able to make money off of that mm -hmm. or even if i leave it to the institution and the fact that they're a 501c3 and then they get these tax benefits that's a that is a capitalist policy that is a capitalist tradition that mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it precedes capitalism but i've never heard of anything outside of mm -hmm. that um mm -hmm. before capitalism that there's evidence of that that will allow it to continue to grow and develop so whether mm -hmm. it's an institutional um, um, deposit or whether it's a personal deposit, there's still capitalism either way. Mm -hmm. At least some level of evidence of it. And I'm not saying that we ignore the fact that this is like the structure that we live in, like back to, back to, you know, Joy's statement, let me not butcher it. We're implicated in the terror we seek to escape. Like <clears throat> we live here, right? Like, so as much as we might try to avoid um, the structure, like we live in it in the same way that we live in a place with like oxygen like we can try to not breathe but that's not you know like it's just it, it, it is what it is it's the structure that we live in um but that doesn't mean that we have to like be we it doesn't mean that like we 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 can't like we're agentive agent like we're agentive people like we have the power of choice that doesn't mean that we have to be complicit with it at every level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so where do we land folks i'm ready to give the conclusion are y'all ready yes let's do <laughs> all right so i'm going to give this one example i don't know if y'all have heard big news in the business world over the last week um the owner of patagonia that uh shoe that like nature brand of clothes y'all yeah, seen patagonia yes yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So now they put out a statement, the, the um, CEO put out a statement that Earth is now our only shareholder. Mm. So they have switched, they have reorganized their company so that 97 98% of their voting stock 
is now completely given to a um, a nonprofit focused on climate change. Hmm. The last three percent of the non-voting stock is basically like a trust that makes sure that it maintains the legacy. So basically what they have said is earth is our only shareholder. If we keep as a company, if we keep trying to make the shareholders happy, which are all of the, the people and trying to make them more money, you'll end up risking making decisions that will impact the earth. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, now the way they've set it up, earth is the only shareholder. So they have completely reconfigured what it means for a business to have a legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about the money shareholders at all. It's about earth. Very interesting. So in other words, th- this is a radically different approach for businesses. So when it comes to businesses trying to be more sustainable and trying to show their commitment to being green, this company has given... Uh, is doing something radically different that is unprecedented. And so when we think about Black people and building a legacy, and as both of you all have talked about, it's it's in order for it to be really meaningful in some kind of way, it has to be radically different than what has been happening before mm. um, in some form, whether it's, um, okay, the way the the legacy is passed down or the like exactly what's happening. It has to be different or it can't just be economic. It has to be all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, what I have seen consistently in the way that you all have debated and giving your, um, giving your explanations of each of the categories of topics, whether it's black people should own as much as they can, black people need money, black people need power. And lastly, black people will die trying to get rich or should black people build a legacy? What I have noticed consistently is that you have had to reason outside of the frame of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Every time you have to employ Afrocentric ideals and you recognize that each time you do that, like that helps, that enables you to expand how you're going to interact with capitalism. Mm-hmm. And that is to say that black that capitalism and Afrocentricity or those Afrocentric values or those black values that we are coming to describe them as, they mm-hmm. don't mesh. Because every single time we have to like try to figure out, no, it can't just be that. We, we got to see it broader. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I will say that black capitalism does not work and capitalism doesn't win when it comes to black people. So I, w- I can't necessarily say Jackie, I'm not sure if Jackie, you won all the way or if um, John won all the way because both of you, pre- both of you consistently had to like explore it outside of the just doesn't work in the way that we think we're like ah that was the first thing you said in this episode john you were like well i mean are we talking about like Mm -hmm. like, if we really try we can't even possibly do that because we are not sold on capitalism Mm. and blackness and capitalism are oil and water that is the conclusion of the debate please talk about it amongst yourselves (laughs) (laughs) well and we are done. We're done. <laughs> Dr. Hayden is a formidable, compo- uh, formidable <laughs> opponent. Uh, and so, yeah, man, that was that was very, very good. Very, very good arguments. Very, very good points. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm honest, I mean, again, because it was a debate and so in capitalism, you're trying to win. I was trying to win. But <laughs> in reality, I agree with a lot of what you said. <laughs> so, yeah. But I just I just want to yeah. win. So, but no, that was, that was really good. That was really good. Any closing thoughts, Jackie? Yeah. Enjoyed I mean, that. I, I, I agree. I mean, it, in the abstract, like, you know, a lot of the stuff works, but then we also have to remember 
Um, it's like, I'm hungry right now. I need to make sure that I have $5, $10, whatever dollars so that I can go to the store and get, you know, like that's that's the reality of, of where we are. And does it mean that we shouldn't be fighting for something different? It just means that we have to do both at the same time. That's all I was trying to say. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, audience, we hope that this debate was provocative and interesting for you and helped you think through what your own values are because that is part of the point too, that we are all living values-driven and purpose-driven lives where we enjoy the life that we live currently and don't do too much bad after we leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't do too much bad. That's it. Unless you plan sure. intentionally to come back and hunt white people. <laughs> that's what you plan to do. And is that, that's and is that bad? I mean, <laughs> that's 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 on our next episode, hunting black people after we, I mean, hunting white people after we die. You said hunt. I thought you said haunt. I was like, I can hunt them for sure. No, I, don't I, know if I, I have an aversion to blood. I don't, I don't know. About that. <laughs> well, I mean, my, so I would say haunt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Black people, should black people haunt white people in the afterlife? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. I saw, I saw that. That reminded me of that movie Tales from the Hood. Did y'all see that? Yes. Oh, so long ago. Yeah, yeah, so long and then, ago. And the, and the little enslaved Africans was hunting the white guy. <laughs> they they came back from bed and they was I need to and they see was it again. On, bro. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, I feel like I have it. a completely different appreciation for it now, so I gotta find that. Yeah, mm. yeah. And also, I want to say, if I'm going to to lose a debate, I'm glad that I lost to a fellow HBCU, fellow AUC member, there it is. and it lets <laughs> us know that. The Atlanta yes. University Center, Clark yes. Spelman Morehouse is producing amazing yes. uh, thought leaders, mm -hmm. uh, thought provokers. Yes. <laughs> there is a reason why Spelman College is, is still the number one HBCU. The number one. Yes. In Even in this capitalist framework. <laughs> Those are the little. Which is also an complicit. institution that is that is built off of a capitalist framework. Sure is. Might I add. Sure so, is, sure is, and has continued that, that continued that legacy. Has continued that legacy. Listen, it's what we live in. It's the the air we breathe, the dollars we spend. It's it's where we are. Yeah, yep. for better, for worse. Um, yeah. Cool. You know, but I think that goes back to another quote that I heard earlier uh, at the symposium. Uh, Chris Emden, the black experience is the height of rigor the height mm. of, of intellectual and academic and lived experience rigor so mm -hmm. shout out to the AU, AUC and all the other HBCUs facts on facts and I think that's actually actually Will Smith talks about that um at the end of his book he talks about like the biggest the biggest when he, he talked about his dad and how hardcore his dad was even to the even to his deathbed like he was just this very stoic guy but right before he died he kind of asked the question like did I do it right like mm -hmm. did I like am, like can I let go mm -hmm. you know can all the people that I was supposed to take care of did I do my job you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying and Will was kind of like he like one of the last things he said is that was I got it from here you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like, you, like you're good 
and his dad just kind of let out a deep breath. And I think within a couple of days he was, he was dead. Mm. So people just, people just want to know that whatever they did, it meant something, whether yeah. you're Will Smith's dad, whether you're Bell Hooks, whether you're, mm -hmm. you know, Jackie Forbes, um, Olawabi. you know what I'm saying? Like, no matter who mm -hmm. you are, you want to just know that you will be remembered that you're like your your reason for being here what's it called your reason being your re raison raison d'etre yeah. yeah 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 i can yeah. see it but i'm like what's the pronunciation yeah, yeah i don't know how to pronounce it but mm -hmm. you know your reason being was not in vain so you know i i'm gonna just um i need to interject this right quick because i remembered how this conversation like that line started <laughs> during that panel and it was because um something came up about the work that she did with Cornell West um and them being you know basically like peers or counterparts but um folks don't recognize bell hooks at the same level as Cornell West um it came up yeah. in terms of folks knowing um like Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois, but not Anna Julia Cooper um, for like the work that she was doing um, along those same lines at that same time, you know, just her not being like a counterpart. And so the conversation shifted to what does it mean to be like a Black woman um, who just doesn't get that same um, sort of uh, recognition um like historically right like we have all of these historical examples of like well-known um black men and I mean we don't even necessarily have to like racialize it like we can talk about like gender um comparatively um without like we can have that conversation about like what it means um but you know specifically to our context and you know whatever um yeah, so so that's like how it came up, just in terms of like in comparison to mm. uh, Bell Hooks's male counterparts, she just didn't get that same sort of recognition. Right. And I wonder how much of that was at play when she looked back over her life and thought things over, mm. you know, <laughs> just like looking at how people recognize like a Cornell West, but don't necessarily might say Cornell West in a sentence, but won't necessarily say Cornell West and Bell Hooks in mm. the same way that we say Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. There's not that trifecta of like adding Anna Julia Cooper into that. So, mm. 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 I guess I want to see how this word is pronounced. Raison d'etre. Raison d'etre. Can y'all hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Raison d'etre. Um, I guess I wonder though, like. To live a life of purpose doesn't mean that you have to have a legacy in your death. Mm. Like, does that necessarily mean that? Because I think when we go to the idea of like, you've lived your life to the fullest, are you thinking about what, like living your death to the fullest as well mm -hmm. in that sense? Like, does it mean that you have to have all of this, like all of this stuff? And I guess I think about that because in some ways, I feel like there's a pressure to leave a legacy and that can like, I don't, I mean, I think in one way, the pressure of leaving a legacy can make your present life more purposeful. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the reason. But I'm thinking like the whole point of living life is to live it while you're alive because you can't do anything when you're dead. Like mm-hmm. if you aren't remembered, you won't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you are remembered, you won't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does that actually... I guess in one way, the function of thinking about your legacy is to have a more vibrant current life, because if it doesn't do that, then it just makes you think about the after and you won't be there. Yeah. Like, I don't know, because now I'm just trying to think of like, it's true, like in my heart, it would feel bad to be forgotten in a way, but then I won't know. And then Mm -hmm. it's like... (laughs) is that an unnecessary kind of like emotional burden to carry now? Or like, is, is it, is it a logical worry to like in the present, you know? And I'm trying to think about like things my therapist might say too, or just therapists who might say something like, you know, is this a like functioning worry? Like it's, is it like a reasonable worry to have in the present? Mm-hmm. Like you don't it's not even technically reasonable to worry about tomorrow so then why would I worry about it's like tomorrow when I hope I'm here then the tomorrow when I know I'm not gonna be here so why worry about that mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just trying to think because it's like does it if I can just like live the happiest that I can now then yeah sure there'll be a point where I might be remembered especially if I have children Mm -hmm. but then there's always going to come a point where your name disappears Mm -hmm. you know that whole phrase of that that that, um, thing that people say like there's the day your name is first said and then there's going to be a day that your name is said for the last time Mm -hmm. and is that so is that such a bad thing like there's going to be more people in the world I don't know. And then I think too, just practically speaking about the, um, you know, about the names that will be remembered now in this social media era and this like quick fame era, like mm-hmm. there's so many people who are doing stuff and what people care about is different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, you know, it seems like there'll be names that we will remember forever or we would hope to, but like now it's just so, I feel like what's popular is just so distributed and scattered that it's not it's not going to be the same as you know even 30 40 years ago when certain people could only be remembered because of their infamy in some way but now it's just like it's just so many people to be remembered and so then there might be pockets of people who might remember a certain person but I don't know if it's even like in this generation it's already like an overload of information. So what does it mean to be a celebrity at this time? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the kids who are growing up now. And it's just like, there's so many just micro celebrities. It's just, it's so, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just a whole lot. And so who's going to rise to the top to be remembered? I don't know if it matters or it depends on the subgroup. I was just talking with um, my boyfriend yesterday about that. Like it's so like the internet, I feel like has revealed how, different people really are and how many minuscule subgroups there are across the world like there's so many people who are just like they're interested in that super deep and then you have all the celebrities who are known within that very thin Mm -hmm. group of people and then that's just like times a million so I don't I don't it just makes me wonder like does it does it matter 
that's that's a good everything you said especially in the beginning was everything my therapist would say <laughs> like no. there's there's just things and that's what she's been trying to get me get through my head for the past two years is like john there's just things in life you can't control yeah like mm-hmm. whether you remember it or not it's just not in your control that's mm-hmm. just there's no there's no amount of work that you could have done and mm-hmm. be this impactful to be and then there are other people who haven't done as much work that i remembered that are still remembered, you know? So you got mm-hmm. somebody, um, I was just thinking about Tupac, right? And to us, our generation, Tupac is everything. We gonna remember Tupac, mm-hmm. you know, because of everything that happened. But you ask a kid who was born in 2008, mm-hmm. 2005, do they know who Tupac is? Some might, depending on their parents, but then others might be like, who? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to us, that's like, that's blasphemy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Jesus, Michael Jackson, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> how can you not? But mm-hmm. no matter how great his impact was, you know, celebrity, social justice, revolution, black, all of that, movie star. You know, he, in 50 years, he, his name might just die with our generation. We don't mm-hmm. know. You know what I'm saying? So the the extent to one, like you said, the extent to one's infamy is not in our control. You know what I'm saying? All we can do is do everything that we can now, live the life that we can. And I, like like you were talking about, Jackie, like Zora Neale Hurston was probably like a Tupac of her generation. You know what I'm saying? In terms mm-hmm. of her writing and everything she did. But when she died, she didn't know that she would she would or wouldn't be remembered and then had no idea Alice Walker would come back and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like give her a rebirth so mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. knows how the and she still don't know that she didn't mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so like you were saying Amber I think that's a I think that's a really good point it's like is this probably an unnecessary emotional burden I like how you said that 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 we're carrying and I would lean towards maybe so because mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it if you're gonna be remembered or not. That's up to God and 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 the kids coming after us. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jackie? Yeah. I mean, I think I understand like the concern, and I think part, and maybe it's not even concern. It's just like the fear. Um, but all of that is related or connected to the um like the pursuit of immortality you know Mm. like for generations people have wanted to like cheat death that's true and we hear about like you know Michael Jackson and his like crypto tanks or whatever (laughs) whatever they were you know like all of these sorts of things that we do to preserve our like youth preserve our physical bodies preserve our like life um because people don't want to to face death for whatever reason but even if you've made peace and accepted the reality of physical death um the pursuit of immortality is like beyond the physical you know it's it's the um the metaphysical um and so I think people might be feeling like whether it's consciously or subconsciously that even if my physical body goes then my metaphysical can continue to exist in perpetuity Mm. but that existence (laughs) is completely irrelevant if nobody acknowledges it Mm. and so in some ways like 
those sorts of like emotional wounds are are deeper than than physical and those might even go back to like you know childhood right you know like sticks and stones may break our bones but like you know we 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 know that that's not necessarily true there was a panelist yesterday who you know is at least 30s maybe even 40s who said who shared a story about something that he remembers like a, a playmate saying to him when he was five and he said I will never forget the exact words that just have stayed with me and kind of like haunted me and in lots of ways I've tried to um like overcome them in the sense of like everything that I do maybe not everything that might be dramatic but like you know a lot of the things that I do have been trying to prove what that person said wrong. Mm -hmm. and it was something to the effect of like you can't do anything right mm -hmm. um and so a lot of what he's done has been to you know kind of prove that I can do things right mm -hmm. um and so I bring that up because, you know, these sorts of like emotional wounds, you know, for for many of us, like throughout <clears throat> our lives, we try to do things to like prove them wrong, to heal them. Um, but I think the scare one of the scariest like realities to grapple to grapple with is that in death you cannot do those things in the same way. Right right yeah not at all <laughs> i'm happy this was good this was a lot of fun yeah i'm yeah. excited yeah, yeah yeah everybody good we good been another episode y'all street academy podcast where we get one foot in the academy and one foot in the streets and one foot in the streets and we are out <laughs> peace peace that was fun <laughs> i liked it that was good that was good i liked it that was good you're still was recording john but you know got their feet apart the neck of the haters the game and the devil like came